0: This podcast is sponsored by XGrowth. XGrowth is the APAC ABM agency. If you and your organization are looking to land and expand enterprise mid market deals, XGrowth is the agency to help. XGrowth works with a wide range of international and global technology vendors, service providers, and B2B SaaS companies. If this sounds like something you're interested to know more about, make sure to check out XGrowth at xgrowth.com.au. That's xgrowth.com.au and chat with the APAC ABM agency.
1: What's up, marketers? And welcome to another episode of the Growth Colony podcast. I'm Liza from Xgrowth to tell you that each episode we bring in B2B leaders to chat about how you can achieve those everyday wins in the marketing world. Whether you're new to the B2B game, working at a leadership level, or even just showing some interest, we know you'll love the episode. So grab a drink, get comfy, and enjoy the show.
2: Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode. I'm Shun Hoether with X-Growth, and today I'm talking to Narosho Methananda, VP of Marketing at Inflow2, about how she, in her previous role at Bombora, grew the marketing function from only one person to a full team of 20 people, and now she's doing it at Inflow2. For those of you who don't know Bombora, the company is a poster child in the marketing technology space, and that experience of growing at Bombora's marketing team would have been an amazing one. So you make sure you dial in and listen very carefully to this. I'm super excited for this. Narosha, thanks so much for joining us.
3: Thank you, Shane, and I appreciate you having me. And thank you for that very, very kind compliment. I've never been just, I've never had one of my, my uh, experiences described as a poster child.
2: Well, it is, I mean, you know, Bombora, I, to be honest with you, I can't say who, but I, people from the industry, that companies that have been in this, in the especially intense space where Bombora is, have described Bombora as this. You know, they, they've 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 a lot of good things that have said by Bombora's competitors about Bombora. So, uh, so it's it's awesome to hear about Bombora's growth and Bombora's marketing. That's why that's definitely one of the thing. One of the reasons I'm I'm super excited for our chat today. First of all. Can you give us a picture of the marketing function at Bombora? I mean, I did mention that it was a one-person band and you grew it to, to 20 people or so um, before joining Inflow 2. But can you give us a, a little bit of a picture uh, from marketing perspective from start to finish, uh, really high level, and we dive deeper into the details?
3: Yeah, sure. So, you know, I came on board with Bombora as their director of marketing. And, you know, I was their first full-time full-time hire. And, you know, they had an intern who was a graphic design intern. So we we turned her into a a full-time intern. And then, you know, the way that I actually came to Bombora, it was through through someone named Mark Johnson and he'd been the CMO at a company I'd worked with at a, in Australia called Hitwise. Um so he was he was the CMO at Experian who acquired Hitwise and I'd worked together with him. So he was advising Bombora at the time and then he later came on as uh, as the CMO. So he but he was in a dual role of a CMO and the GM as well. And so you know between between us we we were I was employee number 20 there. There was a lot there was a lot to set up with Bombora from a GM perspective, so a lot of Mark's initial initial years, and also a lot of marketing's initial years, were spent not only marketing but also, you know, setting up setting up Bombora from an operational perspective. Gotta so wear that's, a lot
2: of that's, hats in the startup world.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's part and parcel of the experience, you know. So from there, we sort of grew out our product marketing. So I, you know, we really focused on a lot of brand stuff and we're doing a number of different building out a lot of our content building out a lot of our brand then the product got more formalized so we we brought on formalized the product marketing function from there looked at building out our events and brought on our events capability and then looked at our marketing ops and 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 analysis and reporting and things like that so we got a a marketing uh, ops analysis essentially and then the business had a little bit of a pivot in terms of you know what what the strategy was from a go to market perspective. So you know it was initially when I joined Bombora, the the company was really focused more on enterprise and and that that segment of the market, and then we looked at building out a growth and SMB function. And so you know we had had a demand. I'd I'd been you know lightly. We had a light demand function of what I would say, but when, with growth came the need for a formalized demand function, and so we we grew we grew that out. And with that came campaign managers. You know, we also formalized revenue ops because our our sales team had also grown, and so being needing to have those functions that that grew out as well. And then under product marketing grew uh, customer marketing uh, grew sales enablement from that perspective. And and that's really what, what the, the team looked like when, you know, when I sort of, you know, exited and went to, to Influ2 actually, and I I skipped one, we also had channel marketing, which is, which was the new, a new function that I I was sort of leading out towards my latter years in Bombora. So, yeah.
2: Very interesting. Very interesting. So, so it's start, it's, it's, um, it's interesting to hear. It sounds like you started with, with product marketing went into field, markups started to de- develop further and brought in demand gen and channel. And then towards the end, it was like re- re- rev, re- um, uh, rev was the uh, yep. was the area that you focused on. What were some of those first actions that you took as the first marketing hire?
3: Yeah, so I really I was looking, I looked at strategy at building a strategy for Bombora. And so the way that I went about doing that was I went through and interviewed basically the entire leadership team to get an understanding of where where they saw Bombora and what they saw the priorities as being. You know we did what we also did was we did a number of different workshops to understand who our buyers were what their personas were and so on and so forth and so from there i pulled together a strategy and really the like the core of what that strategy was around was was building the foundations so you know the foundations being salesforce which was which was being used but really a mess Frankly, it was about the, about the brand and really building up that brand around what the brand was and what, what we looked like. And then the content around what we, you know, what, what are we saying in market? What, what's, what are we, how are we describing the product? You know, what, how are we going after different things? Cause it was, everything was sort of not, not necessarily things were there, but they weren't necessarily organized in a way. So a lot of it was about building up those key foundations to be able to build our marketing on top of and also a lot of process and organisation around what what that looked like so those that was really the key the key key to what how we sort of grew out over the next couple of years it was a i don't know how many page strategy but it went through very clearly you know each area what we needed to do in the sh- you know immediate short long term and and be able to grow from there And I'll I'll say, actually, like that strategy, probably if we go back to it today, we still haven't done, we still didn't do like some things that were (laughs) on the strategy. So it was pretty, it was a pretty broad, broad strategy, but those, that's what, that's what it was about. It was really building out those foundations. And particularly, I think, you know, when you, when you talk about Bombora as being a poster child, I think there's an underestimation of how much building out the brand and Having having that cohesiveness around it um, had an impact on 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 Bombora and how we went to market and how people perceived us in market as well, from that perspective.
2: Yeah, it's very clear. I mean, Bombora has this like funky, hip, kind of sense to it, right? And I and I know the name comes from Australia. It comes yeah. from the surfing world. It, does it come from Victoria? Like, is it is it is it a place down in? Torquay, is
3: it? <laughs> that, I, that I don't know. It's, it's actually, it's, so Bombora is, is actually an Australian Aboriginal word. And it's, it's the, a word used to describe like a, a wave breaking over a shallow reef. So it's actually like, it's, it's kind of dangerous. <laughs> but the, the, you know, the etymology of it for Bomb for the business is, you know, our, the CEO of Bombora Eric, he, he is a big surfer mark is a big surfer we have a lot we have a lot of people within the organization i mean my favorite place to you know place to be is on the beach so we have a lot of people within the organization who are very connected to that and that's where you know that's where that name you know resounded from and that's that's really what we built the brand like we built the brand around and if you look at the evolution of of how that brand you know came together and you're right it it was funky. It was something different. And that's part of the, that was part of what I loved about that journey because, you know, we first, we started with surf and waves and this and that, but it was taking it into that context and not take, trying trying not to take it too far. I'm not saying sometimes, sometimes that that didn't necessarily work for us and we had to pull ourselves back, (laughs) but it was taking, you know, and evolving that. And that, that really what it did was it, Pulled through some of the human of you know who our team was, what we were invested in, what we enjoyed, and really brought that into the business. And we but we tied it back, you know, we tied it back to what the what the product was, how the product worked, you know, and made those connections. So there wasn't it wasn't like oh yeah this is just a brand that looks like kind of a surfy brand or whatever it is. We really did try <laughs> make those connections back, and it started it, you know it really. Was pervasive through the culture of what Bombora of what Bombora built as well in terms of you know being sustainable, being giving like uh, Bombora is affiliated with a company uh, or with a non, not for profit called Surfrider and they do like beach cleanups and they're really invested in the ecology around the around the ocean and so that's what the teams used to do go and do the beach cleanups and you know participate from that perspective and it, it like so i guess that from a brand perspective was one of the things that I, I think really helped propel bombora from the from that perspective
2: i love it let's let's talk about the team again mm-hmm. now you talk. you you mentioned that one of the one of the early areas that you started hiring was product marketing right yep but was that the first, the first hire was the intern that went from part time to full time. Yes. Who was the second? What was the second role that you hired for?
3: Well, I so I didn't hire. So my, our CMO came on board. So he was he was this he was the second as uh, the second hire essentially. Right. But he so right. he, yeah. So it was th- for for a, about nine months of at Bombora, it was just the three of us like working working together, um, and and yeah.
2: What was the hire afterwards?
3: Product marketing.
2: So, so it, 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 okay. Product marketing was, was just,
3: yeah, the core
2: focus for interesting, interesting. Okay. And why, why was that? Why, why go down the product marketing route?
3: Yeah. I mean, there was a need for it in the business, you know, the, the product evolved and it evolved into where we created our own interface. And being, and that's, that's essentially like where, where Bombora, you know, how people access the Bombora data and they orchestrate it. So, you know, it, that, that was a big change in terms of from a go-to-market perspective. And that became important because with, you know, when you, you start to have like, like an actual product, you know, you need all the information that goes around it. You need to be able to have you need to be able to articulate, like, not only for prospects, but also for your customers, like, well, how does how does this work? And it also changed changed the way we needed to go to market from that perspective. And having that specialised role, like, really, really helped solidify it. And, you know, I think you can see it now. Like, we, I, I've seen a lot of businesses coming back to that product-led growth. And at the moment, you know, product marketers are like, worth their weight in gold and it, it is because if you can't if you can't articulate what you sell and what your product is and if your customers can't use it good luck to you <laughs> especially nowadays because like uh, what's what's the point that if if you get you can you can do a great you know initial marketing job from a demand perspective you can do have a great sales but if your customers can't use your product and it just sits there on the shelf unused they will cut it like undoubtedly now, especially now that we're going into su- in, into this down market, so that's that's why it was you know it was important at that stage as well to be able to you know we were accelerating from a product development perspective, and it was it was really apparent that we we needed that function.
2: Arisha, I want to talk about mistakes. Okay. <laughs> what were what were some of the mistakes you made or or the team made you think at Bombora? Growing the marketing function, driving demand. What 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 comes to mind?
3: I mean, I think you know when you when you go down that hiring path um, and structure path of how a team works, you can inadvertently silo uh, different uh, different parts of the team. And I think you know with like with events, for example, initially events reported directly to our CMO. And then the reporting line, the reporting line was changed to to come back under, to come under me. Like with, de, like with demand, we sort of, we got, we hired a specialist to, to really pull, you know, to build out that demand program. I think, you know, from my, from my perspective, I think we would have been better having that cohesion. And it's not that we didn't get there. We did from a team perspective. But I think, you know, I think structurally thinking about really thinking about how things work and being mindful around growth and development and grow- and, and career paths and so on and so forth is super important because, y- you know, you you want to value who you have. In the team and and you also want to make sure that whoever you're hiring is coming in and they're you know they're there's one set up for success and they're also working cohesively because otherwise you know you, you often you'll have you know i'm not and, and, and at some points this did happen with us you know you'll have people that are sort of going off in one direction and then you don't kind of there's no visibility of what of what's happening and then to to You know teams are essentially doing the same thing i will say even you know it's an experience that i have at Influ too as well you know where where you have these the these structures that haven't don't necessarily set up teams for success and i think that that's that's a mistake you know and i don't think businesses and i think certainly with bombora we you know i think we probably had we done things a little bit differently there, there may have been different outcomes from that perspective but that that's something that that does come to mind from that perspective um and, and, and yeah
2: sorry did you want to mention something else no
3: i was gonna well I, i'll keep going with our mistakes um <laughs> <laughs> yeah no one other i think you know we had we had a limited budget obviously as a startup and we made a very conscious decision from an events perspective to not uh sponsor events so we'd have our team on the ground and they would be there and then we like from a from a booth perspective or a branding perspective we wouldn't necessarily be there in the early days and while i think you know it was we did what we could i think i probably would have invested a little bit more into being at maybe one or two flagship events from a sponsorship perspective, because, you know, I think that's, imp- I, th- I think it is important in terms of having that visibility, being on the ground, all by like we were in different times when, when I first started at Bombora, you know, we weren't in COVID times and <laughs> you know everyone wasn't starving for events so and we could we could travel around and meet people but still i think i think that's that was um something that in hindsight had we done that earlier you know it probably would have served us well
2: interesting and yeah, very interesting what would be your advice if somebody's trying to do this if somebody is in a startup they're one of the few people in the marketing team recently maybe hired and they're trying to grow that marketing function what would you tell them? What advice would you have for them?
3: Understand what the business needs are. Understand what the business strategy and the business goals are. Understand what the executives' expectations are in terms of what marketing is supposed to deliver. And really build, like, not just, not just that. And, like, if you, depending on what the business is, if you're selling a product, understand what the product is. Understand what your customers feedback is and needs are and then take that and look at what what you build and and prioritize what what you need to what you need to do one other thing that i will say is super duper duper important especially right now is make sure that you are one tracking and attributing what your value is and and two articulating it so you know one thing that I was, I was chatting with a with, um, with someone I know he's, he's another Australian at an agent at, you know, at an agency here in the U S you know, one of the things I think from my, my perspective from being, you know, having grown up in Australia, you know, I, I don't, I'm not usually in the habit of being like, Oh, I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm I'm doing that. I'm doing uh, whatever it is. I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of one of those people that it's like, all right, cool. I need to get on with it. I've done that now next, next, next. And I just sort of put my head down, bum up and, you know, keep going. And I don't, I don't necessarily stop to tell people, oh, I've, you know, I've done this, I've done this, I, you know, you have this now, blah, blah, blah. And that's a, That's a shortcoming. And I think, you know, it's, it's an important thing for someone who's coming into this role or, or coming into, you know, being that first marketing hire to be able to articulate what you're doing and the value of it, because, you know, you need that, Ad, you need advocacy and you need investment into, you know, into your function and for yourself as well. And I think being your, like investing in your own advocacy always goes a long way from that perspective. Another thing I would say is, you know, make sure you build out your community, make sure you have a network. And because you know, especially for me, you know, I've been in businesses that are mar- like, essentially I'm marketing to marketers and I'm a marketer and having, my network and my connections for what, what we, what I've, the products I, I, uh, I've, you know, the business I've worked for, I've sold has really helped, you know, because when I have, I have that, what my CEO says, you know, I'm, I'm part of that tribe. And it's true because You know when you're a marketer you you know what marketing is like you know when you're being marketed to you know (laughs) you know what sales is like so it makes a difference coming from a marketer and being able to have that empathy in those conversations and those networks is super important
2: i love it i love it how uh how did you go about building your your network especially you know going to a new country but what, what do you have any advice for people building that tribe and network
3: Yeah, it was an interesting thing because I, you know, as when I first went to, as you said, when I first went to the US, I I didn't really know anyone. I knew Mark because I'd worked with him previously. Um, And I, I didn't at the time actually know that he was coming into the business, but it was a blessing in disguise from that perspective. But, you know, I had for the first sort of three years at Bambora, I really was very focused internally building 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 and I looked up and I realized you know what I don't really know anyone outside of bora um, and so you know I would what I would do is I'd start going to events getting to know people I I was doing more in market around talking to our customers, doing our case studies, working on webinars and things like that. And just being able to build out, build out my network from that, like that, that really helped. I will say like the industry events and, and networking at that at those really, really has helped me. And I, I, you know, there are, I think what you, you know, it's not, it's hard to do things, I think, on your own. You know, I've had a couple of team members that have come from intern intern up, um, but you just, you know, you have to sort of push yourself out of that comfort zone and go and introduce yourself, go and go and find out and have those conversations with people. And I think that's what actually you know, really, really helps to make a difference. And, but you'll find people are pretty open in terms of, you know, I think there's this internal fear where like, oh, they're going to think I'm stupid or they're going to, you know, they're going to not want to talk to me or whatever it is. Okay. And if they (laughs) are like, so. So
2: what, so what (laughs) move, move past that.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Before we, we Narisha, before we go into rapid fire questions, yep. I also want to, I also want to get a little bit of an idea, especially because marketers listen to this and it's always interesting to hear what mm-hmm. some of the new technology providers are there. Can you tell us a little bit about Inflow 2 as well?
3: Sure. Yeah. So for those who don't know, Inflow 2 is a person-based advertising solution. So what that means is essentially what it what it says, you can take People at an account that you want to target and push them through Influ2. So Influ2 runs display and social media advertising. So it runs through the meta properties. So Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Yahoo display, Google Display, and Amazon. And it it runs it runs those campaigns across across those platforms and essentially targets the, ex, those specific individuals that you want to reach. What it then what it does is it actually has uh, has a way to identify who those individuals are and what their engagement has been with those ads. So it brings back that data at a at a person based level. And obviously, like if someone clicks on one ad, like. They're gonna definitely buy from you. That's not. I'm. I'm being facetious there. So we aggregate that that information up. So at a person-based level, you can understand, and there's a score that gets attributed to them in terms of their engagement with your with your with your ads through Influtu. We aggregate that up again at an account level, and then oh, excuse me, at a buying group level, and then at account level as well. So you you have like a couple of different layers. So essentially, Influtu is used by B2B marketers. and and sales teams to be able to to make use of advertising and what I say what I sort of you know the reason I joined in is you know as a marketer and I know this is like going to be sacrilege but you know I think advertising is (laughs) such a big like it's such a big black hole of a lot of money and that's one thing and I was kind of like cool you actually actually can take your 100 grand and understand who who you're going to be exactly reaching exactly
2: seeing yeah
3: yeah that's that's immediate value cuz i can go back to the ceo and say hey actually this is what that program did and this is the value it's delivering and the impact it's having one two you know sales teams always kind of want to know who is engaging and this is what this was one of the things that i picked up with bombora you know so bombora's intent data is at an account level so it's great to understand okay this account is interested in this but then what sales sales essentially says is okay cool i know they're interested who and this you know if you if you use the two together actually you know the account and then you you know the who and it it takes you full circle and i was like cool this actually makes you know gives sales the insights that they you know that they're looking for you know, makes, makes advertising useful. So that's, that's in, in a nutshell, what uh, Influ2 is and does.
2: I love it. I love it how hyper-personalized things are are going.
0: Have you read the State of ABM and APAC report yet? If you have, you'll know that 59% of marketing leaders are intending to increase their ABM investment in the coming year. Even bigger news is 0% of survey respondents are going to decrease their investment. It's an exciting time for ABM in the region. Discover the state of account-based marketing in APAC today. Download the full report at abm.xgrowth.com.au forward slash report. That's abm.xgrowth.com.au forward slash report.
2: Okay, let's do some rapid fire questions.
3: Cool.
2: First question I got is what is one resource? It could be a book, a blog, a podcast, a conversation, a person. That has fundamentally changed the way you work or live.
3: Yeah, so it's an experience. I before I came to the US, I was with uh, P- with with Price and I was on a leave of absence. So I'd come to the US, you know, as a part of a, a you know a big trip that I'd done, and I was in in Washington with a cousin of mine, and she took me to a um, it was like an Indian cinema kind of festival and we watched we watched uh, a movie and then they had a sit down with the director and the writer um, and one of the actors and the reason that that changed me was one one thing was the writer was was talking about how they had written the story for this movie and what it impressed upon me was that how how experiences and writings can, can be translated and can make an impact and that was that was one thing. The other thing was it just excited me about coming to the us. And from there, that's what that's that's where my where that seed started to grow in terms of, oh wow, like there's that's cool. there's these opportunities here, and that's where i want that's where I want to be. So that's where that seed really started to grow. So it was, yeah, that 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 was the one experience that's you know fundamentally changed <laughs> my my career and and my life essentially.
2: And moving to new countries, it's just, it, it is a it is quite something. So I've, I've, I've definitely done it multiple times in my life and every single yeah. time it just gr- makes you grow as a person. Yeah. Question number two, if you could give one advice to B2B marketers, what would it be?
3: Advocate for yourself. Advocate for yourself and make sure you make time for yourself. And whether that's to do your own thing, whether it's to build your own brand, whether it's you know to whatever it is make sure you you because I think marketing can be quite consuming you know for, <laughs> it's definitely uh, I always say it's like one of the what it can be one of the most thankless jobs because if, if you're doing it right no one knows and if you're doing it wrong they will tell you <laughs> and also everyone thinks that they can do it so yes. <laughs> Make sure that you you you're advocating for yourself and you're taking time and making time for yourself. That's the one thing I don't tell them. That's
2: great. That's a great point. That's a great point. Question of three is: Who are some of the influencers that you follow?
3: So I really like someone named Bob Hoffman. So he is an advertising pundit here in the in the US. He has a newsletter that he sends out on every sunday and it's one of the, i i that's one of the few things that i read like without fail i just i'm a snarky person i love sarcasm and he is so snarky
2: he has plenty what, of it does. plenty no, of it, it. <laughs> yeah. i'm saying he's he has plenty of it too dishing out oh,
3: yeah. <laughs> he definitely does and I just like but he also breaks down information from ad tech in a a really easy to understand way and it's it's just no holes barred and i really appreciate that so he's someone i follow katie martell she's uh been in the BWB marketing scene in Boston for quite some time. And she, she is an unapologetic truth teller. And I just, you know, I've, I've known Katie for a while and I like, I love following her stuff and her style and, and just, just seeing her growth. So she's someone else as someone else that I've, that I've followed as well. So, yeah, I, I think those are the two that really stand out for me, you know, from, from, yeah, for now.
2: Great. Great recommendations. Great recommendations. And last question I I have is what is something that excites you about B2B today?
3: I think the, the, it's the coming together of B2B and B2C. And so what I mean by that is, you know, B2B is sort of viewed as being, as being like, oh, it's conservative or it can be boring or, and I just, like, I, I don't, I never thought that was the case. I, I mean, I always, I, it's what I've made my career from, and I have always loved it. But what I, I think is in in the execution of B two B, it's becoming, as you said, it's becoming more personal. It's becoming more human, and you have to be. And so that's that's what I, I, I think that's exciting. It's exciting to see personality. It's exciting to see, you know, the human come through in terms of like if you look at LinkedIn now, you know, it's not just like promotion of brand and product and so on and so forth you start to see some of these human stories come through you start to see the layers of who people are and you start to see what their interests are and i think that's really powerful for for, from a b2b perspective you know i think it needs to be leveraged in the right way but i think if you can leverage that very well you know that's 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 going to be super exciting to see how that how that sort of evolves and comes together so that's, that's something I'm really excited about.
2: Now, Russia, this has been an awesome conversation. Thank you. And I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast and for all your insights and all the information that you shared. It was, it was great having a chat.
3: Yeah, super appreciated. And I thank you for, for inviting me and, and giving me the time.
2: The pleasure.
1: Today's episode of Growth Colony was produced by Alexander Hipwell and Liza Maywald. It was edited by Dave Sumido with additional editing by Liza Maywell and music arrangement by Alexander and Liza. Special thanks to Tina Wabe. We couldn't make the show without you. Growth Colony is hosted by Shaheen Hoda, Director of Growth at Xgrowth. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Do you think you'd be a great guest or just keen for a chat? send through an email at podcast at That's podcast at xgrowth.com.au That's all for now. We'll catch you next week right here on Growth Colony.